How do you speak about the Trinity? A great mystery? Well, I have an analogy to start off with today. I think the Trinity is a lot like DNA. Make sense? No, let me explain. Um, so for one thing, DNA is incredibly complex and we can't really wrap our minds around it. If you were to take one strand of your DNA um, and try and like note down all of the, the detail, the information that's carried in there, even if each protein strand was just one letter, all that information would be 6.4 billion letters. Can you imagine how long that is? That's a, that's a lot of information. Um, we can't really get our minds around it. And perhaps, I don't know if there's any biologists amongst you here today or geneticists, that perhaps they can kind of grasp something of the information of what our, what our DNA means, all of those different proteins interacting with one another and, and what that does to us. I haven't studied biology, so it's utterly beyond me. And the Trinity is much the same. Intellectually, at least, it's beyond us. You know, we can think of the Trinity perhaps as an eternally consistent canonic perichoresis of three distinct persons united in the singular divine substance. But what on earth does that mean? <laughs> um, and even, even to a professor of theology or to philosophy or something, if you, if you start trying to say something about the Trinity, it's probably the easiest way to become a heretic because very soon you're going to say something that, that crosses some line and suddenly that's not who God is. You've said something wrong. So, just like our DNA, the Trinity is, is nigh on impossible to get our minds around. It's just, it's just incomprehensible in some sense. But there's another way in which the Trinity is like our DNA. It's that it's intimately involved in our lives. It's an immensely important part of who we are, and it has a huge impact on how we live, what we're made for, how we, how we go about in the world. So to think of our DNA again, you know, that, that really, really long chain of proteins within me that determines everything about my physiology. My, my DNA determines why I'm as tall as I am, why my eyes are the colour that they are, why my eyes don't work properly and I need to wear glasses. You know, it has a lot to do with my life and affects things that happen day in, day out. Even though I don't understand it, that doesn't change the fact that it affects lots about my life. And so, the same can be said about the Trinity, although it might be this amazing mystery that's beyond our comprehension, it deeply impacts who we are and how we're to live. We can think simply about the fact that we, we are made in the image and likeness of God. The human being is a, a creature made, as it were, from the blueprint that is the Trinity. So what the Trinity is, however much we can understand it or not, that's something of the makeup of, of what a human being is made to be, of how we're made to live, of the purpose for which we're made. But as well, I think, a little bit deeper than our, our DNA, the Trinity is involved in our life in not simply a passive way, of kind of that, that's the blueprint from which we've been made, but the Trinity wants to be involved in our life in an active way. And I want to draw us back to our first reading today, which is from the book of Proverbs. It's, it's the, the wisdom of God 
is speaking here, and we're not exactly sure whether the wisdom of God is referring to the Spirit or the Son, Jesus, but, you know, the scholars can't even really figure that out, what the author meant, but it's talking about God in some sense. And he says that I was, I was with God in the beginning before all creation. I was working with God before he made the foundations of the earth, before the first specks of dust were made, I was with God, alongside him, working with him. So it's pointing out this kind of distinction between there's, there's God and the different persons in God, the Trinity, and there's the created world. And they're utterly different. This wisdom of God is saying that, you know, that any, anything you can think of that's created, however ancient it might be, I'm even older than that. God is totally separate from, totally distinct from, a different order of being from the created world, from us and from everything else we can touch and encounter here in our lives. But then the last line is very peculiar because it says something rather different. It says, I was at play everywhere in his world, delighting to be among the sons of men. So while there's this distinction of, of God and the three persons in the Trinity are, are totally separate from the created world, we see this desire to be amongst us, to be, to be sharing in the life and sharing in the joy of, of our, us, his created beings, of being part of our lives. So, the Trinity wants to kind of reach out to us and, and be kind of engaged. And so, while we may not be able to comprehend the Trinity at all, we can see at the very least that the Trinity wants to be actively engaged with us in our lives. And so it's worth reflecting a little bit deeper on what the Trinity is so that we can see how, how it wants to be involved in our lives um, and how we can share in that life with the Trinity. Now, if we understand one other thing about the Trinity, it's, it's not a surprise that the Trinity would want to kind of reach out and, and come and share life with us because the fact that God is not just simply one being on his own, um, just alone before the cosmos began, but that it's three persons, says that it's something a bit more like a family. You know, it's a communion of relationships, a little, a little web of relationships. That's what God is. And God has revealed the, the names by which we principally refer to the Trinity, and that's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And two of those names are family relationships, father and son. So this is the nature of who our God is. And this family doesn't just want to stay in its own little perfect bubble of love and peace and joy, but it just makes sense that it would want to invite those beloved creatures that it's made, us, <laughs> into the joy of that family. And this, this is the whole of human history. This is the whole way that, that God has always acted with us. From the first, God has been revealing himself, reaching out to humanity, trying to tell us who he is, trying to tell us how much he loves us, trying to tell us how he wants us to live and to draw us into that relationship with him. Now, yes, all of human history has also been a lot of us turning away from that, rejecting that, disobeying that, pretending that it doesn't exist. But God continues to try and draw us back into relationship with him. And we see this again, that God so wants to enter into our lives and invite us into this relationship that he comes in the second person, the Son, 
to be a human being and walk amongst us, to step into our, our weakness, our finiteness, that God would take on flesh and, and be amongst the sons of men, be amongst us to share in our life. And that even when, after Jesus' death and resurrection, we celebrated only a few weeks ago, that Jesus ascends, goes back to heaven, it's not as if he just, okay, I came and did some good stuff for humanity, and now I'm going to leave, go back and be in my little nice family with God. But he sends the Holy Spirit to be present in our hearts so that we can continue to share in that life of God. Because God continually wants to be close to us, involved in our lives, relating with us, sharing his love with us. This is what the family of the Trinity wants to do. And so today, as we reflect on what this Trinity is, I just want to paint a little bit of a picture of how it is that we can share in that relationship with God. We can not only have a relationship with God, but we can share in that family life that God has between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And if we think about living in a family, you're going to have those different relationships with any member, the different members of the family. So we can think about how we relate to each one of the Trinity. But I want to say that we can abide in the Trinity. We can abide in these relationships, this family that God is and that God wants to share with us. He wants to invite us into that kind of little circle of relationships, that circle of perfect love that is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the way that we can do this is that we need to abide in the Father's love. The Father's love for us claims us as his children. There's, there's no greater identity we can, we can receive or claim in this life than to be children of God. And like we're going to celebrate with Maddie next week, and like we have celebrated our own baptisms, God claims us as his child, as his beloved. And so to, to live in these relationships with the Trinity, we can abide in that love of the Father, to remind ourselves and to keep hearing the voice of the Father claiming us as his beloved child. And as well as we're living as children of God, we can imitate the Son. Because as, as children of God, we, we enter into these relationships, this family of the Trinity, we step into that family in the place of the Son. That's what Jesus has done for us in winning our salvation. He invites us to step into his place and to be the child of the Father and to be filled with the Spirit and love the Father back as Jesus has perfectly done. So this is why it makes so much sense for us to imitate Jesus in our lives. We can look at how, how he lived in obedience to the Father, in love for all his brothers and sisters, and we can imitate him because it's as Paul said in our second reading, he says that we are, it's through Jesus Christ by our faith that we are righteous. We stand in the place of Jesus and we know the Father's love as his beloved children as Jesus the Son has won that for us. This is why we're called the body of Christ. This is why we speak of being members of the church as being members of Christ. That it's through Christ that we are children of the Father. 
And my third invitation for you is that we listen to the Spirit. And really, when we're doing these, these three different actions in these relationships with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they all overlap and intermingle because the Trinity is perfectly united, so they're always acting together. So when we're abiding in the Father's love, when we're wanting to know that love and that identity that He speaks over us, that He gives to us, the Spirit continually witnesses that truth to our hearts. And it's through the Spirit dwelling in us that we can hear that love of the Father affirming our identity. And it's through listening to the Spirit that we can know what it means in the situation that I'm in today of what it means to live like Christ, what it means to imitate Jesus in this situation. We listen to the Spirit leading us in our hearts for that. We can listen to the Spirit who, as Jesus says today, that the Spirit will come and reveal to us the complete truth We're still just kind of glimpsing who God is and what it means to be in relationship with Him, but the Spirit wants to lead us into the complete truth of relationship with God, of of living as children of the Father, being filled with the Spirit and giving ourselves back to Him as Jesus has as the Son. So to be in relationship with someone, though, we, we know that we don't have to understand them completely. I can be in relationship with my friend and I don't have to know and understand all the intricacy of his DNA, but that doesn't stop me from relating with him, from talking to that person, from loving them and receiving the love that they want to give me. And so we can open up to this relationship of the Trinity, even if the concept might be baffling in our intellect. We can open up to speak to God, to listen to his voice, to live as he calls us to live and to receive that gift of love that he wants to show us. And we can live in that love. We can abide in those relationships and find our home in the love and the life and the peace and the joy of the Trinity. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.